Oh, yes. Every girl's dream, right? I have a message that I did one time, and it was entitled, If Life Only Had Background Music. We would know more, right? You would know that, hey, this is a dangerous situation. You don't want to get in that. Or you would know, hey, this is the moment I need to fall in love, right? If life only had background music. Well, here we are. We're in week three of The Vow. And we talked about last, the first week we talked about character and that we're in an age where we need to develop character in who we are and become confident in who Christ has made us. And that what I call Godfidence, that we're, we're confident in who God is and what he is, who he has made us. And we understand a little bit about the character of who we need to be so that we're ready for that person whenever God brings them along for us. And then last week, we talked about this idea of of talking and beginning to date and not being exclusive, but setting parameters and boundaries for yourself. And this is good stuff even for, um, for married couples. My wife has gone home and she said, hey, there's some stuff that you're talking about that we got to remind ourselves about in this whole dating thing. You should be dating your spouse. And so... Uh, we're, we're trying to get back to, to that kind of deal. And so even this week, as Becky talked about a little bit earlier, this old idea of courting. And the idea of courting is, is in the old days, is a prince would go to the king's court and would ask for permission, one, to enter into the king's presence, and the king's presence. And then when he was in the king and queen's presence, he would ask, may I, may I date your daughter, the princess? Okay, so all these princes, all these guys that are coming up to your house and asking to date your daughter, imagine this is your court and you're allowing them into the court and you have the scepter and you could take their life or to allow them to go out with your daughter. So down here in the south, you don't have a scepter or a sword, you have a shotgun, right? <laughs> Amen, that's what I write. So you have that. And so this is this idea of, of courting. And courting in those days was a man and a woman would go on and they would... They would go on dates, they would walk around the um, garden, they would ride in the carriage together, they would sit in the front family room and they would talk, and these were always supervised activities, so that you could have as many discussions, you could have eat whatever you wanted to eat, but mom and dad, the king and queen, were always there watching and a part of that conversation and listening in to those conversations. However, courting changed whenever the advent of the automobile the automobile changed everything about dating. Amen? Probably not for the good, okay? So you have this mobile room that travels and there's not supervision. A lot of stuff goes on that we would say, hey, this is what isn't what God wanted for us in our courting relationship. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Song of Solomon. We're going to be looking at chapter 2, starting in verse 5, which is where we ended last week, and we'll go through... Chapter 3, verse 5. Now, some of you, some of the older crowd even, sending me messages this week and saying, hey, ATB ran out of raisin bread. So, I don't they were buying up raisin cakes and apples, and so there, was, there wasn't anything. They were refreshing themselves, excited about the relationship. So, that's good stuff. So, as we think about courting, one of the things that we need to think about is that as you move into this step, okay, you move from what we, at our house, we call it talking, all right, you're talking, you're kind of hanging out, you're not exclusive, you, you go and you got friends around and all that. And then to move into this next phase of relationship where you're exclusive, you're saying, listen, this is my guy, this is my girl, you're moving into that. One of the things that's an important part of this, even if you move into that, is that you need to have already had a consistency about your relationship. In other words, there's not this on again, off again talking, there's not this, 
you know, hey, we're not talking right now and we're angry with one another, but there's a consistency about the relationship that you're, you've kind of been talking, you've been hanging out with your friends and it's growing and there's a growing affection. There's a growing affection, one, for who they are physically, emotionally, spiritually. As you get to know them, you're, you're excited about the potential of being in an exclusive relationship. So if there's an on-again, off-again type relationship, what I tell couples is adding another level of commitment isn't going to make your relationship better. It's going to make it more difficult. And you're going to run into more struggles and more temptations and do more wrong things. And so if you're on-again, off-again, stop, separate yourselves, and truly evaluate. And most likely, this is not the person for you because the consistency is an important piece. They're proud. You're proud to take them home and to say, hey, listen, here's the queen. I want, you to eat, uh, I want you to meet my mama. I'm proud to take you there. So in second chapter of Song of Solomon, starting in verse 5, it says this. Strengthen me with raisin cakes. How many of you memorized that this week? A couple of you. All right. Guys were quoting this to their wives. Strengthen me with raisin cakes. Refresh me with apples, for I am weak with love. The idea of, hey, I am lovesick. As I think about this, this guy and this gal, they, I am drawn to them and I'm lovesick, I'm, I'm lovesick over them. And then here's a great image. This is where you need some background music. His left arm is under my head and his right arm embraces me. She is dreaming about this guy. She's excited about the next phase of their relationship and being exclusive with him. Listen, it is natural. We talked about this the last few weeks. It is natural to want to express your feelings towards someone as you get to know them and you like them. That's how God created it, right? God created Adam and Eve, and whenever he created Eve, Adam said, Whoa, man, good job, God. That's a beautiful woman. And so it's natural as you get to know someone and you grow in your affection for them, the physical, the spiritual, the emotional, the more the attachment that there is, the more natural it is for us to have a desire to express our feelings in such a way and intimacy with this person. But look at the very next verse. What does she say? Promise me, O women of Jerusalem. This is her, her group, her little life group, her Bible study group. Promise me, O women of Jerusalem, by the gazelles and the wild deer, not to awaken love until the time is right. In other words, listen, as we're moving in this, we're moving from just kind of a talking relationship. We're going to be moving into a courting relationship. And there's going to be opportunities in this exclusiveness for us to maybe at times be alone. And let's not awaken love until it's time. In other words, it's going to be good. But the time is not right. We don't need to rush this. I'm not desperate. I want to get to know, fully know the character of who this man is and who this woman is. I'm not ready yet to move forward, but I'm excited about it because this is my guy. Girls, hold me accountable. Ask me those hard questions. Whenever I'm going to go out on a date, whenever we're going to go out, ask those hard questions. Be there and saying, listen, I care enough about you that I don't want you to have hurt. I don't want you to have shame. I don't want you to have regrets in your life. And I'm telling you, hey, I'm going out with Joe, and so I'm going out with Susie. And so when you're doing that, you're holding yourself accountable, and you're saying, listen, I'm human, and I like this guy. I like this girl. Hold me accountable, because there's something about this, this fear factor that we know if someone's going to ask us, that cares about us, is going to ask us the tough questions, it keeps us, from, a lot of times, from jumping over those boundaries that we've set. Because we don't have to go to our friends and our family and say, hey, I messed up. So here, natural, it's natural for us to want to do this. Listen, God is not surprised. God is not surprised. This is PG-13. God is not surprised that sex is incredible. Do you think that he was up there going, oh my goodness, 
Adam and Eve actually enjoy this stuff? No. He was going, yes, that's exactly what I created this for. I created it for man and woman to get to know one another, to have this vulnerable moments and everything about what that is 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 an incredible experience between a man and a woman in a covenant relationship it's beautiful now we've distorted it because of pornography and because of all this different stuff this casual sex listen that is not beautiful that's trashy that hurts us it condemns us it's shame regret pain because listen fire is good is it not last night i had a fire in my little fire pit back there and as I'm thinking about this whole message, I'm thinking, man, this is, this is truly like this. Whenever you have a fire in an emerged relationship, you have confines within your covenant. That, hey, man and woman, we've made a covenant. We're going to experience the beauty of sexual intimacy together. And within those confines, man, you can just keep putting wood on that fire. As I get to know my wife, listen, it gets better with time, okay? It gets better because we know each other. We're able to communicate, the, the talk, all those different things. It just continues to get, keep putting wood on the fire wood on the fire but listen we lived for 16 years in colorado and one of the things that colorado is known for is wildfires and what would happen someone would allow a start a fire without the boundaries or would walk away from it it would consume everything within sight and that's what sex outside of the marriage covenant is like is it is selfish and it will consume everything in its sight and it will it will hurt and bring pain and shame and regret and it will eat it up and then eventually a forest fire how they fight forest fires is they let them burn themselves out why because they're not within the confines of the campfire that's what's beautiful about it listen man wedding night listen if you're doing this right you're building this up you're waiting and you're saying hey listen man she's looking better She's smelling better. Man, I'm eating raisin cakes. I'm getting the apples. I've got it. And you're out. You're gathering up wood. You're gathering up kindling because you're like, wedding night's coming. And you've got this confines of the fire. And you're like, man, I'm going to build this dude up, you know, because boys, we like fire, right? And so we got fire and we're kind of throwing this stuff around. And, and if you don't know, if you've ever been around me, when I started fire at my house, we use matches and we use lighter fluid, bro. And we don't just kind of just go, that's enough. We're like, and so I've lost hair on my arms because we just like, we want to, we don't want to like have a little, oh, I think we're getting warm. We want to, no, people to know. So when you drive by my house, it's not little bitty baby fires. It is bonfires in the backyard for Jesus. And so we're doing this whole thing, squirting. And listen, that is what the wedding night is like. When you do this, according to God's plan, you're building the boundaries. You've built this covenant. And so whenever he says, I do, you've got this kindling. You've gathered it up. And you've got the lighter fluid because of this excitement and this enthusiasm. Man, I can't imagine. And then that first kiss, and you're like, whoo! And dude, you throw that light, that match on there, and it's like, and you're not going to have any eyebrows. This is why I don't have hair. I mean, because listen, it is good stuff. Amen? Listen, I know you're Baptist and I know you're Christians, but sex is incredible. Listen, growing and changing. You cannot teach sexual education outside of morality and outside of God's Word and expect to get the beauty and the bounty of what God has created for us. And as a church, we've got to regarner what it means to have a healthy sexual relationship between a man and a woman in covenant. Because the world looks at us and says, you guys got it wrong. It's because we're not talking about it and we're not telling the truth. Of like, listen, man, I got a fire. And every day, bro, 
I'm throwing more wood on it. I'm throwing more wood. She's throwing more wood. And every once in a while, I'll sneak around and I'll get me some more lighter fluid. And I, you know what I mean? We're going to go away for a weekend. Because, listen, I'm just beginning to get to know this woman. We've been married for 20 years or so. And there's things about her that still surprise me and awe me. That there's days that I think, man, I've got her figured out. And blah, blah, blah. I don't. Number one, I'm a guy. I'm just not smart enough to figure a woman out. But man, there's so much about a person that it, it, literally it takes a lifetime. And that's what the beauty of this whole thing is, is that within this, these boundaries that you've set and as you move toward this place, man, it is incredible stuff. Quit allowing yourself, students, young adults, singles, whatever age, quitting allowing yourself to be lied to, that you are not worth the wait, that it is not worth the time. It is definitely worth the time and the wait. God's best, which you are a part of, is always worth the wait. Quit settling for less. Where there's smoke, there's fire, right? So make sure as you get into this courting relationship, it begins to get exclusive and you begin to, man, it's getting smoky in here. I, I like this person. It's heating up a little bit. Begin to make sure, hey, I've got boundaries. Talk to some friends. Talk to some people that you know that you can trust and say, listen, we're not going to go. We're not going to go to the park after dark. We're not going to lay on a couch together. We're not, you know what I mean? You know those different things that you need to be doing. You need to set those boundaries. All right. Song of Solomon chapter 2 verse 8. Y'all with me? Okay, maybe not. Let's go back to what we just talked about. Are y'all with me? Okay, here we go. Chapter 2, verse 8. Look, ah, that's what she's saying. Look, look over there. I hear my lover coming. She's excited to see him. She's like, hey, listen, the date's coming. This is a date, and she's excited. She's at the front door waiting. Look, there he comes. And what's he doing? It reminds me like a mountain. He's leaping. This is what you guys need to do to your first date. You get out of the car, you get out of the truck. I'm leaping. Here it come, baby. And she's like, look, hark. There he is, bounding over mountains and bounding over hills. Because what is it? My lover is like a what? Swift gazelle or young stag. Guys, that's what you want your girls to say to you when you walk up. Look, hark, he's been bouncing over the steps. He's like a young gazelle. Whoo! He's a two-hander to me. Right? Here he comes. My lover is like a swift gazelle or a young stag. He's handsome. Look, there he is behind the wall, looking through the window, peering into the room. Listen, even though you begin dating and even though the courting relationship were exclusive, there's still those boundaries. He bounds up to her boundaries, which is her household, and he doesn't cross into the threshold of that house. He stays outside, and it's this idea of, listen, they, they have boundaries, and those boundaries are that they're always public. And she's kind of flirting, she's kind of hiding back, and she's saying, listen, man, you bound like a young stag, and whew, man, you, you jump, I look at your calves, and those are some great calves, I love what you got going on, you know, you're fine in your mind, and as you bound, you're coming in, but we still have boundaries. And so in those boundaries, let's, let's stop right here, and he's peering in, and he's like, ooh, I like it when you flirt with me, I love this, there's this, this awesomeness about this relationship of we're kind of going back and forth, and I'm still learning, there's a mystery about it. My lover said to me, rise up, my darling. Come away with me, my fair one. He's saying, hey, baby, I can see a little bit of you, and I want you to come out. Let's hang out. Let's go out to the park and hang out 
and have lunch together. Why don't you come see me sometime? Is what he's saying. Look, the winter is past, and the rains are over and gone. The flowers are springing up. The season of singing birds has come. The cooing of turtle doves fills the air. Now again, here's that that moving music. You can hear it. Here's the they pan across, and you see the flowers, and you're like, oh yes, I feel good. And you can kind of you can kind of smell it. And then you you see the gardener out, and the gardener's out, and he's pruning the flowers. She's pruning the flowers, and you're thinking, oh, it's spring. And in college, at the college we went to, it was ring by spring or your money back, right? And so you know that that love kind of blossoms. In spring, that's what Christian colleges, man. Christian colleges, that's what you do. Ring by spring or your money back. And so Christian colleges, we didn't talk about sex. We just got married. And so ring by spring, they're here, and everybody's like thinking about spring, and they're so excited, and this is kind of building. They say, look, look around. It's the time for us in our relationship to blossom. The fig trees are forming young fruit. There's a fragrance about it. The fragrant grapevines are blossoming. Rise up, my darling. Come away with me, my fair love. He, he, as he sees her again, she's still hidden back in the back. He gets a little glimpse of her. She's kind of darting back and forth, and he hasn't crossed that threshold. It's that, again, the, the boundaries of the relationship, there's still, uh, uh, still things that are hidden about one another. So, I mean, it's, it's a great thing about this part of the relationship. You're, you're spending time together, and it's exclusive, so you're sharing your dreams. You're getting to know each other on a deeper level, but there's still a hidden hidden parts. You don't know everything. It's not, not the wedding night. It's not the marriage. You still have those confines and you haven't jumped in. You're still gathering the wood. You haven't lit the fire. But there's this amazing buildup of who you are and understanding who that person is. My dove is hiding behind the rocks. She's continuing to flirt. She's kind of hidden in the crevice behind an outcrop on the cliff. Let me see your face. Let me hear your voice. For your voice is pleasant and your love face is lovely again everything about her as you get to know that person that you're building a relationship there's some things that maybe you don't like at first or whatever as you're trying to figure those things out but that's a part of the whole thing that their voice their smell the way that they make decisions the way that they do things all of this is a part of building up in this marriage potential marriage relationship his anticipation is of seeing her and his excitement and he's, he's asking hey what are you wearing now listen that brings me to a little side note. Men and ladies, let's leave a little bit to the imagination. Because listen, I, LaGrange, there's some good things about the dress code here, but when we were in Denver, man, listen, there were guys and gals walking out of the school, walking out of restaurants and stuff, and there was nothing at all left to my imagination. It was all there. Listen, I know it's hard to buy clothes when you go to the store, but figure something out, okay? Figure this out. I mean, we, we have this discussion at our house. They don't, they don't sell them longer than this. I, like, I know, okay? We're going to find some Amish people, and we're going to get them down to here. I don't know what we're going to do. Listen, I'm in on this with you, okay? Listen, I understand, all right? But that is not how we're going to sell our merchandise, because it doesn't matter what's out here because beauty is on the outside is fleeting. We're going to be selling the merchandise that's on the inside. And so again, if our confidence, our confidence happens from in here and who God has made us, then this stuff on the outside, hey, yeah, it's there. But listen, it's going to change. I've got old man's disease. I know you, those of you that are over 60, you're like, you don't got it. Listen, I got it. My butt has left me and it is chasing my belly. That's what I call old man's like this. I'm going like this trying to catch up. You know what I mean? I'm here, right? And so 
it's, it's fading, and I do as many squats as I can do, and it don't matter. It just seems like I do more squats, and my butt just kind of pushes out my belly more. I'm working on my abs, and it doesn't happen. Sorry. All I have to say is quit selling the wrong merchandise. Sell your heart, Sell your heart, not the other stuff. Verse 15, catch all the foxes, those little foxes, before they ruin the vineyard of our love, for the grapevines are blossoming. When you, when you get into a relationship, relationships are extremely hard. Love is actually a choice that is difficult at times. And so you're in a relationship and you don't, there's going to be moments where you don't like them and you're really trying to decide if you really love them. Love is a choice. Love is not a feeling. Love is a verb. It's an action, continual choice action. And so in that covenant, you understand is that that's the trust factor, is that they choose every day when they get up and they look at me and go, you know, maybe I could have done better. You have old man's disease and all that stuff. I could have done better, but I choose to love this guy. And I look over there and I see the dog in between us and I'm like, that kind of wasn't my picture. You know, hey, I love you too. And I choose today to love you. Because listen, relationships are extremely difficult extremely difficult and foxes try to get into the hen and try to destroy and distract and hurt and so as this couple is figuring out what it means to do relationship that man hey he's good looking she's good looking they smell good all of a sudden at some point reality hits them and sometimes love just bites and love stinks and it is hard and it's in those moments when the foxes try to get into the hen house that your boundaries matter and that your confidence in that who God is and what he's doing and what he's working through allows you to just stop and to deal with the things that you've got to deal with. There's going to be arguments. As you, if you date long enough, if you grow in court long enough, there's going to be moments where you're going to have arguments and you're going to have to resolve them. Because if you don't resolve them, then you have to go separate ways. But if you're truly, you want to work through them and resolve them. And each of us fight differently depending on what house you grew up in, what home you grew up in. You learned a different way to fight. Amen? Okay, some of you never fought in your houses. And so, yeah, this thing, and so some houses, they, I mean, they lob stuff. You know what I mean? They're constantly lobbing things, and others, I mean, it's hand-to-hand battle, not necessarily fighting, but, I mean, they're up there talking real close and loud and, and all those different things, and that's not necessarily always productive. And so you have to figure out, what does this look like? And so that's why I, in premarital counseling, we talk about healthy ways to fight and to fight fair because disagreements are going to come between two people that love one another. And how are you going to? How are you going to do that? Because if you want to move forward in your relationship, you have to be able to fight fair. Get rid of the foxes. Keep boundaries in your hen house so the foxes don't get in. It moves you to deeper levels of communication. Here's some of the foxes as you get deeper in your relationship. Here's some of the deeper levels of communication that you need to, to delve into. One is your past. If you want to build true intimacy in a relationship between a man and a woman, you have to deal with your past. There's no secrets. So that means there's got to be a deep level of trust as you spend time. This is, again, this is why this cannot be like an overnight. This is not a microwave deal. You've got to walk through and you've got to spend time and you've got to work through this stuff and you've got to get to the point where you're saying, listen, there is nothing about me that you can't know. Because if you want to experience the full beauty of a God-type relationship that he's talking about here, there can be no secrets because that any secrets hinders the intimacy of that relationship. You have to be fully vulnerable. Love is not conditional. Okay? If you if you get to a place and you share something and it's it's a, and they they can't handle it, then you you got to you got to calculate, "Hey, I, maybe we can't move forward here." Because love cannot be conditional because the conditions will always change if there's any conditions. 
on your relationship? What is your past? Any secrets? What's your future look like? What, is, what do you want to be? Who do you want to go? Where do you want to go? All those different things. Your expectations. You know, sometimes, sometimes a husband and wife, we have this old idea, the Mayberry, the Cleavers, and all that stuff where the woman cooks and the husband goes off to work and all those different things. Look, it's, we're, we're past all that. So sometimes the, the man's the better cook in the house. All those different, it's just different. And so as a husband, potential husband and wife, you need to have those conversations and sit down and think about that and say, hey, do you cook? And that's why you hang out with the family. You get to know, can mom cook? If mom can't cook, then that means probably your potential wife can't cook. If they burn hamburgers, you're probably going to have burnt hamburgers, okay? So you've got to know those things. Hang out. Get those expectations. Who's got what talents and what skills? Sometimes the lady is better at head-on finances than the guy or whatever. You need to be true to yourself. A good relationship brings out the best in you. A good relationship brings out the best in you because you're constantly pushing one another. You're constantly growing together. You're constantly asking those questions. I mean, some of, our, some of the greatest accomplishments that Becky and I have in our life is because the other one said, hey, what do you want to do next? How can I help you next? I mean, that's the reason I have a doctorate. She's saying, hey, listen, I think, and we prayed about it, and boom, and while I'm doing that, the next thing... I come back from China, and I'm like, hey, I feel like God's calling me to step back from my doctorate for a little bit so you can go do what you need to do, and there she is. And so there's this constant thing of just asking those questions, growing, and sometimes setting aside for a moment your dreams and your deals so that the other person, and you're pushing and growing and stretching, but you've got to know that that other person is going to do that. You'll be true to yourself. No masks. You have to know that everyone is normal until you get to know them. Everyone is normal until you get to know them. Listen, that person may look great walking down the hallway. That person may look great at the gas station. They may look wherever, wherever we pick up people nowadays. I don't even know. But wherever you find them, okay, wherever you find them, get to know them a little bit and realize they may be crazy. All right? And there's a little bit of normal crazy, but then there's crazy crazy. And you don't want crazy, crazy, okay? Everyone's normal until you get to know them. Spend some time. Continuing on, verse 16, the next step. They've been dating, they've been courting, and here they are. Here's what they say. They begin, now they're at this place. My lover is mine and I am his. This is that step where the guy gets down on one knee. Y'all seen this in movies? And he gets down on one knee and he says, hey, wow, you're awesome. Will you do the rest of your life with me? And if you haven't shown off enough crazy, she might say yes, right? So that's that engagement period. And so now we move to this whole different deal. Listen, date a long time, talk a long time, court a long time, engage, whew, short. Because you've been, get, you've, been, you've been getting up wood, right? You've been getting all the stuff. You've got a big old honking, supersized sand bottle of lighter fluid, and you're ready for the wedding night. And so it's harder and harder and harder. It's human nature. Quit lying to yourself. It's human nature that you're ready to express how you feel about this person. And so gather up that wood. You've been gathering up all that stuff. As soon as you get engaged, listen, tell your mom, your grandma, whoever else is paying, listen, we got to get this done in a hurry. We ain't no fooling around. I don't care about the dress. We can go wherever. We need to get this done because I, we got to get this on. You know what I mean? Long talk, long court, short engagement. And they move from this I to us. Here she is dreaming. They've been engaged and she's dreaming. Chapter 3, verse 1 and through 5. One night as I lay in bed, I yearned for my lover. 
I yearned for him, but he did not come. So I said to myself, I will get up and I'll roam the city. So imagine she's, she's having this dream at night, okay? She said to myself, I'll get up and I'll roam the city, searching in all the streets and squares. I will search for the one I love. So I searched everywhere, but I did not find him. The watchman, she's out in the streets as a part of her dream, and the watchman stopped me because of the desperation and the hunt, and they made their rounds, and they asked, have you seen the one I love? Obviously, everybody knew, right? Everybody in town knew. Then scarcely had I left him when I found him. I caught him, and I held on to him tightly. And then I brought him to my mother's house and into my mother's bed where I had been conceived. In other words, she's saying, listen, it's an engagement period, and this engagement period has got to hurry up. I'm dreaming about this guy because in those days, whenever you would experience your first moment together, okay, the mother was an extreme part of that. So as I tell you, restrain, restrain, restrain. It's going to be a beautiful. Take cold showers. Find good friends. Hurry up and get married after this engagement period. Because listen, God, God's not surprised. He's built it this way for us, and he's excited for us to experience what it can look like, what a healthy marriage relationship can look like. This is also the period where I tell you, if you're thinking about getting married, is find somebody to do premarital counseling. Becky and I had about 30 minutes of premarital counseling. Um, You need a lot more than that, okay? Because marriage is like a train wreck. You're you're both in love, and you're both in heat, and you got your headlights coming, and you got all this baggage, and then you get married on wedding day, and there's a crash, and there's... All of your garbage and all of your baggage is spread out over the place. And so what I try to do in premarital counseling is we try to open up some of that baggage and say, hey, listen, here's some stuff. Here's some things for you to think about so that whenever you, the wedding night happens and all this different stuff and I'm honeymoon's over, all of a sudden you're like, man, he does stink. And he's, his scent is not always pleasant. And you know what? She doesn't always, always have makeup on or whatever that is. You know, all those different things. And you're like, wow. And so we can work through not that stuff necessarily, but some of your expectations and plans. It, it is always surprising to me when I sit down with couples and they haven't talked about their budget, they haven't talked about their dreams, about what their potential vocation would be. They haven't even talked about whether they want to have kids. All they know is that that's the one. And I'm like, listen, you've just begun. If you haven't even begun to discuss those things, then you're still courting. You probably even shouldn't even engage. So well, now what? If you're single, are you dating? Do you need to... You're ready to move that next place, or maybe you need to, you're dating and you're thinking, man, this is, I don't want to court this person. You need to break it off. You need to break up. Are you courting? Are you truly thinking about this, this next step as far as kind of sitting around and what can you do and set some boundaries for? If you're married, are you still dating each other? Are you still setting time? Now, listen, don't do what I did one time. I was intent on being intentional. I mean, I was, I was getting, and if some of you that have gotten to know me a little bit, like I'm a planner, like I I like to know my stuff. And so a few years ago, I was like, Hey, listen, I'm on top of this. I calendared a year's worth of dates. Now guys, you're like, yeah, man, that's good. Every Friday night. I mean, I'm on it. I mean, I was like, but I sent the calendar request through my iPhone and I calendar to my wife. Yeah, I thought, hey, it was awesome, dude. I'm like, I, we're there. We're good. I got four hours blocked off. She's going to be excited. This is all about her. Mm-mm. You know, those calendar invites are still sitting on my phone. She said, mm-mm, mm-mm, no, sir, mm-mm, no, mm-mm, mm-mm, no. 
I like the fact that you set aside that time on your own personal calendar. But honey, you need to come ask me in person and you need to have a plan. And so, Jack, I have a plan now. And even though it's still on my calendar, it's not on her calendar, I do invite her and ask her in plenty of time so she won't mess up her stuff, but we can have a date. So be intentional, but don't be too intentional. Sometimes as guys, we forget our ladies still like to be pursued. They still like to be flirted with. And are you keeping the fires contained? Make sure that those little foxes, even in a marriage relationship, being married 10, 15, 20 years, sometimes it becomes just second nature. You think everything's going well. Keep guarding and keep fighting the hen house so the little foxes don't get in. Let's pray together. Father God, you're a good God. And you love us so much. Thank you for the beauty of relationships. Father, thank you even for reminding us that even though there may be a natural attraction and affection for one another, relationships at their core are hard work. Father, I pray for anyone in this room that's not in a relationship or is considering a relationship, Father, that you would just allow them to know that you love them and care for them and that they develop a confidence in you and to not rush into anything. For they are worth the wait. They are worth the time. That you, They are precious, unique, one-of-a-kind masterpieces. Father, I pray for those that are in marriage relationships, Father, that the pursue dating, pursue flirting to recapture the mystery. Father, I pray even this week that maybe one of them will pull up to the house and will literally leap and jump and bounce up the front steps and the other one will come to the front door and say, Hark, there's my loved one. Father, to recapture the beauty of what it was to fall in love and what it was that drew them to one another. For Father, I know the desires of the heart of those in this room is to bring you honor and glory and fame through their dating relationships, through their marriage relationships. And Father, they can take this stuff and they can pass it on to their kids and their grandkids and those around them and say, listen, man, we've, we need to recapture intimacy between a man and a woman in the Christian church. We are the salt. We're the ones that bring flavor. We're the ones that bring light. May we recapture that in our relationships. It's in your son's name that we pray. Amen.